Welcome to The Difference. I'm Dan O'Donnell, alongside the president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management, Dave Spano. Each and every week, we're here to talk about the intersection of politics and finance and where that impacts you. Here's a hint. It's pretty much everywhere. Your bottom line is dependent in large measure on forces that can seem a little confusing. We're here to help you make sense of them. And this week, Dave, I have got a prediction okay. to make for you. I can predict who is going to win the Nobel Prize in economics 17 years from now. <laughs> I'm sure. Yep, I am dead serious about this. It's going to be Janet Yellen for steering us through the inflation crisis. You know how I know that? How's that? You know who has just named the Nobel Prize winner this year in economics? Ben Bernanke. Ben Bernanke. Why? For helping steer us through the 2008 financial crisis. In 2007, I've got audio here, Ben Bernanke said, testifying before Congress, that the subprime mortgage crisis was about to solve itself. Although the turmoil in the subprime mortgage market has created severe financial problems for many individuals and families, the implications of these developments for the housing market as a whole are less clear. The ongoing tightening of lending standards, although an appropriate market response, will reduce somewhat the effective demand for housing and foreclosed properties will add to the inventories of unsold homes. At this juncture, however, the impact on the broader economy and financial markets of the problems in the subprime market seems likely to be contained. Yep. Here's a spoiler. It wasn't. It wasn't. So I can prove that I know who's going to win many years from now. Janet Yellen, who told us for a full year that inflation was transitory, just like the subprime mortgage crisis, wasn't going to explode, wasn't going to take down the economy until, of course, it did about a year later. So clearly, Dave, I think Janet Yellen wins the Nobel Prize in economics years from now. What do you think? She was just as short-sighted yep. as one of her predecessors. You know, the problem with the Fed in, in the last two chairpersons and, of course, the current chairperson, uh, Jerome Powell, they all have this policy, Dan, of looking backwards. They talk about, you know, what are the facts? What are the circumstances of which to make decisions? Now, it sounds logical to do that, but that is looking in the rear view mirror. It is not looking ahead. And of course, you'll recall, and we've pounded this, uh, this, this horse pretty hard, is that though you can't fight the Fed. And when you have inflation starting to brew up, and we knew it was brewing up, they continued down the road of quantitative easing. They continued to print easy money. That was all out there, and that made it worse. And, of course, we know that now. And now, of course, the Fed, it's got away from them, and, and inflation has become ingrained. It's become structural. It's in wage gains. And and so there is gonna, going to be continued pressure on them to try to contain that because who does inflation hurt the most is lower-income people. So they are going to continue to do that until – it becomes structural on the other side. They're going to have a restrictive policy, and that means that three months, six months, nine months from now, the economy is likely to have a hard landing despite all of their efforts. What does that mean? That the economy is going to slow down. We're going to have higher unemployment rates. We're going to have pressure on the economy all through the real estate markets. 
But does it mean uh, we're going to go back to uh, you know what we saw in 2007 with the banking crisis? I will say the banking crisis here in the United States is substantially better. But as I say that, I just came back from England, and we were actually in the, the banking district is where we stayed. There, the Bank of England is in crisis mode. They have these things called gilts, and gilts are their, their treasuries. They're going out and buying them because all these pension funds based their information on low interest rates, and now that interest rates have spiked, there is pressure on pensions. So does that boil over? Does it become a catastrophe around the world? We don't know that. What I can tell you, Dan, is that the United States has been an oasis. And so do we see the market start to bottom out coming up here? And remember that they they bottom out six to nine months before the economy. I do think the economy is going to suck uh, in the beginning of next year. But does that mean that the market starts to react six to nine months? That is the big question. And it seems as though that that question is sort of in the process of being answered. I mean, haven't we seen already the impacts of the interest rate hikes already. I mean, yep. we've had two consecutive quarters of negative growth. Yep. We may indeed get a third. Yeah, and I, and I did say that last week, Dan, but since we spoke last week, the Atlanta Fed came out and their third quarter GDP report shows a positive 2.6%. That was a long ways away from where they had it. And that is because the dollar is putting pressure on exports and imports, and that really moves the GDP report. It's not because the economy is cranking. It's because right. it's, it's the U.S. dollar related. So it, it probably won't be three quarters in a row, and I didn't mean to cut you off. I just wanted to make that. that no, no, point. no, no. That's that's fine. I, I'll be honest with you. I hadn't seen that. Uh but it, it's looking like we're going to get the dreaded double-dip recession. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got people now openly talking about the possibility of stagflation yep. uh, in the nation's economy, possibly for the next year or so yep. at least. Yep. And it sounds to me like, what, winter first quarter of 2023 is when you're really going to see all of this come to a head. Well, right? and remember, the economy and the stock market are not the same in the short term. And people need to re- remember that. So if the economy does slow down and we have a stagflation economy, you have to remember that there are places that will do well. And, th- and that's what I want people to focus on. The economy is, is headed for a, 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 tough, a tough run. There's no question. And it could be international. And, and we're just watching what's happening with energy prices, of course. And, and I'll let you comment on this. But, but you know, Biden, of course, was, was taking down the Strategic Petroleum Reserve down to where he can't do that anymore. It's down, down, down to 1980 levels. And he was trying to do that to keep gas prices down for obvious reasons. At the same time, OPEC is saying they're going to cut 2 million barrels a day. We'll see if they really do that. And at the same time, you know, uh, Russia is bombing Ukraine. So there is going to be continued pressure on energy, which is part of inflation, which means oil prices, gas prices, delivery prices. All of those will continue to be high. So the Fed is going to continue to raise rates until they see a change. And remember, that's looking backwards, not forward. So uh, there's there's going to be, be going to be some challenges coming up. And when you have sort of unprecedented challenges, although as we've seen, I mean, just look back to 2008. I know we're talking about looking forward, Dave, but look backwards to 2008. That was the most devastating recession, I think, since we saw the Great Recession in the 1930s. We recovered. It took a while, but eventually the market does recover. Right. But you need to be properly invested. As I'm very fond of saying, is this a, a Warren Buffett saying everyone's a genius in a bull market? Well, he said something That's, like that. He, well, he also talked about, you know, when when the tide comes in, you'll find out who's wearing a kimono. <laughs> he also <laughs> That's said pretty that, good. Yeah. 
That's pretty good. Another very popular one is a rising tide carries all boats, yep. right? Yep. And, you know, we're, we're finding that out now. And when you're in a bear market, as we are, when you're staring down the barrel of a, a long and deep recession, as we might be, this is where especially you need professional help. You need people who are working with you and for you as fee-only fiduciaries to take a look at what you own, why you own it, and help you weather the storm of uncertainty. And that's why we always encourage you to go to AnnexWealth.com for a free portfolio review. It's called A Wealth Metric at AnnexWealth.com. Because, Dave, as you always say, there is always opportunity. Yep. There are potential buying opportunities in a down market if you know you have cash that has been sitting on the sidelines there are companies there are entire sectors that are doing very very well even in this bear market it's just a matter of making sure that you're properly invest getting maybe a second or third set of eyes on your investments and saying hey could my money be better served you know getting some of it maybe out of the tech sector i know nobody wants to get out of the tech sector right now because of such steep losses over the past yeah, you know year, nine months four fifths of a year nine months ten months but in, in getting into those and identifying those, looking forward and identifying those areas where there can be growth even when there's a broader pullback. Yep. You know, and, and there, there really is. And, and, there, and let me just go back to, you know, we, we quoted Buffett. Another famous Buffett saying, and he did say this in uh, third or fourth quarter of 2008, is that when people are fearful, be greedy. And when they're greedy, be fearful. And there was certainly a lot of greed a year and a half ago where we saw that particularly in the real estate market as people were buying and flipping and multiple offers. Uh, there, that was some greed. And, and that was the time perhaps uh, to change your direction. But right now, as, as fear starts to build and uncertainty starts to build, is really a time to say, where is there opportunities? As you said, in, in what we've done all year long was for example, we reduced what are called high beta names, or you know, the growth names, to more of a value play stuff that is trading at a better valuation. We went to growth at a reasonable price on those growth names. There's things that you can do in the bond market where you can increase your quality and re reduce your duration. And think about foreign. You can you can have less foreign and more domestic. There's a lot of ideas that you could have done going forward. There's still going to be pressure uh, again, as I said, on energy. People are still going to need health care. So there is a lot of places that people can take a look at. But uh, and, and holding cash is, is not a bad idea. Maybe as this gets bad, maybe you take perhaps a 25% or 33% of your cash and, and start to what's not lovingly called dollar cost average. But take a position here, 25 or 33% down. And then again, and then again, and down the road when you can finally start to see uh, things turn around. So there are opportunities, uh, but the Fed, uh, again, continues to say they're going to raise interest rates. And until they're done, there's going to be pressure around the world, especially in, in Europe. It, you know, you, you see interest rates going up here while they're out trying to buy bonds. I mean, that their, their currency is just going to get hammered right now. Well, and you think we're in an energy crunch right now. I mean, right. take a look at some of the countries, Germany especially, that are dependent upon Russian oil. Yeah. I mean, energy they blackouts, have just been. Could you imagine energy blackouts? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that would be bad. All of this, as we're seeing just 
unprecedented. The dollar, it, where is the dollar trading at in relation to the euro? About 110, 114, somewhere in there the other day. So it, it's still it's still not at parity, but you know you you look at what's happened. It's as close as it's been for a while. Yeah, well, it was one seventy. It? Yeah, it was it's down substantially. So uh, you know there, it certainly has come down, and there are some predictions that it's got uh, definitely it's got farther to fall. Uh, if you will, which means the dollar is going to strengthen, which, by the way, is doing some of the work for the Fed uh, as as the dollar remains strong, because especially, you know, we're, we're the world's currency, if, if, if you will. And so that is out there right now. So the dollar is helping them out. You're going to start to see inflation start to turn over at some point. Uh, we're starting to see that, you know, as you mentioned, in real estate we haven't seen it in the wage market quite yet. That might be three to six months out. But when it happens and when the Fed finally pauses on their rate hikes, that could be the time that people start poking their heads up and starting to put some money to work. Do you have any prediction about when that might well, be? Well, you know, historically, Dan, what you've seen is there has been a rally starting right about now in October into an election. You mentioned at the beginning here that uh, we could see uh, we could see a change in direction in power in in Congress, and, and that has that has been a positive historically over the last 50, 75 years. That when that happens, particularly in a midterm election, the market rallies into that for because both parties think they're going to win. By the way, but you know as that happens, uh, there has been a rally. But I think you're going to have fits and starts for some time until we finally find a bottom. I know Jamie Dimon uh, alarmed a lot of people uh, over the last couple of weeks and said we have another 20% mm-hmm. down. But he said that based on what the Fed is going to do. Now, if the Fed changes policy, uh, that could have a big deal. But, folks, if, if you're listening to this, there's no question there is a, a center point at which politics and, of course, your investments come together. And that's why when you go through it, we ca- we talked about a lot of the stuff, you know, the European Central Bank, the, the euro, the Fed, and, of course, perhaps a stagflation economy. There are parts of your portfolio that can do better than others. So now is the time to perhaps change that complexion. If you haven't done so already, change that complexion. Start to think about dollar cost averaging as we head into the end of the year. I know it's tough to do that in in environments like this, but this is when uh, bold moves do get paid. Yeah, and this is when it's most needed that you have someone working with and for you as a fee-only fiduciary. Again, get that free wealth metric at AnnexWealth.com. I'm Dan O'Donnell. For Dave Spano, the president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management, thanks so much for listening to this week's edition of The Difference. Annex Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor. For more information about our firm, please visit AnnexWealth.com. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is subject to change without notice. Opinions expressed are those of the participants and don't necessarily reflect those of Annex Wealth Management, its producers, hosts, or guests. The host of the podcast is compensated for his endorsement of Annex Wealth Management. Information presented should not be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice, or a recommendation or solicitation for the sale of any product or strategy. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from qualified professionals to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Investments involve risks. Neither Annex Wealth Management nor its podcast participants shall be liable for losses resulting from decisions based on information or viewpoints presented on this podcast.